Hi there, you're listening to Cat Talk, a podcast series brought to you from Stockholm by Kunskapskolen Education, reflecting and connecting educators of more than 100 schools that use the Kunskapskolen Education program across Sweden, the UK, the Netherlands, India, USA, and the Middle East, empowering students to master the challenges of today and shape the world of tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Today, the first in a series of two CAT Talks recorded at the Kunskapskolen community event on October 7th in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, with two guests who have had an impact on many educational professionals around the world. CEO Cecilia Carneveld of Kunskapskolen Worldwide and Turbjörn Bindekrans, the very founder of the CAT Education Program. Together, we go on an inspiring ride along the roots and heart of Kunskapskolen, where they, along the way, share their stories, challenges, and experiences. Cecilia Turbjörn, truly great to have you here. Uh, let me let me start off with a question to the both of you. Um, has there been a moment in time, if you go back in history a bit, has there been a moment in time in which you realized, for yourself personally, that education should change. Cecilia, can I start off with you? Yes, sure. So I actually think that was when I started school, first grade. Uh, I loved to uh, read and write stories, but when I came to school, uh, we should all start with the letter A. Uh, Of course, I didn't realize this at the time, but uh, I know that the frustration I felt was that the teacher couldn't really deal with all the students and their different needs. Uh, we learn at different in different ways, at different paces. And for you, Torbjörn, what, what is was there a moment in time where you said, okay, this should be, we should do this differently? Yes, there was a time. Uh, I was a little bit older than Cecilia when it occurred. Uh, I had been teaching for about 10 years and realized that uh, I didn't get where I wanted with the students. Uh, some of them, some of them, I had a good hit rate on. They they understood what I was teaching, and some of them already knew what I was teaching. And some of them didn't understand at all because they weren't there in their minds. So I realized that I have to find new ways to reach uh, all the students, and I tried some, but I wasn't successful. That was the time when I realized I have to change something. I didn't know what at the time, but a change was needed. And that's where your search began, basically. Yeah. Looking at that search, you started looking at different ways, together with with a colleague, with a dear colleague of yours. Uh, Could you tell a bit more about the journey that you went on after that and eventually brought you to the different approach that you were looking for? Yes, uh, at the same school that I was working, there was a colleague uh, called uh, Birgitta Eriksson. Uh, And she had the same struggle, we realized, and same frustration with not reaching all the students. So we met in that and had a lot of discussions and realized that we we were a little bit of twin minds, uh, so to speak. Uh, So we decided, let's start trying out new things. So uh, we invented some methods that we thought was good uh, and we had great fun, but uh, the students didn't uh, learn more. So uh, after trying a couple of those, uh, we decided this isn't the way. We have to uh, start somewhere else. So we sat down and said, uh, 
let's let's try to find out where to find the drive in every student, how to get into their heads. So we decided that we are teaching a group, uh, a group full of different uh, students with different ideas, different wants, different uh, challenges, talents, whatever you want. They only have in common that they're about the same age. So it was time for us to to find a way to do that differently for every every student. And the other thing we realized that uh, there's a, a lot of talk about success and succeeding, but not so much about failure because uh, we don't like failure. And when you when you look at it a little bit more, you realize that students hate failure. Uh, and if a student fail day after day. They stop trying, and then we have a problem, and that will go for adults too. Uh, if you fail many times enough, so then you won't do it anymore. So that's how we humans work, and we decide that this will be our platform. From this on, we will work from those truths that we had found. And the parents behind these children, because you you started, well, I would say experiment in, but you started to do things differently. Did the parents of these students, did they react on that? Did they have comments on that? Or were they afraid? What what, what is Torbjörn and Birgitta doing with my child? What happened? I think we had already a good reputation at the school because we were, if I may say so, fairly good teachers. Uh, and um, students liked us. Uh, uh, liked us and uh, the parents liked us too. So there were there was a space we could do some wrong things and still live. They were not not too critical about no. that. They gave you the room to maneuver, so yep. to speak. Okay, Cecilia, changing is never an easy thing, not in an organization. But I would say changing education is is particularly not a very easy thing. Now, you've dealt with this for over 20 years. Could you share a bit of your experiences in this, uh, the challenges that you had, the opposition maybe? Could you could you elaborate a bit on that? Uh, of course. I mean, when we started more than 20 years ago, uh, the idea of personalized education wasn't really there. Um, but at the same time, I think that parents and and uh, students and teachers they understood what we wanted to do. So um, it it attracted people from the start. However, I think that we came to discover that there is sometimes a misconception that the CAD program only suits um, stronger students, students that uh, already are good in planning their studies, they're already in the driving seat. And that's really not the case um, because that's something that you learn, you train your skills to plan and and to be an independent uh, learner during your time with us. I think that's been uh, one of the challenges um, that we've faced. But then I also, if I see the development now when it comes to personalized education, that's something that we see across the world as something that many countries, schools want to achieve. Uh, and, and Torbjörn, he knew that uh, 25, 30 years ago already, but now the world knows it as well. 
But, but you're talking about perceptions, Cecilia. I have the impression that there are many more perceptions that people just think of things about Kunstkopfskolen or personalized education uh, without really knowing. What I hear in the Netherlands, for instance, is that people think that what in Kunstkopfskolen education, well, kids just make up their mind what they want to learn, which is the opposite of the truth. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and I think that, uh, I mean, one thing is that Well, people always have opinions about education because everyone has been to school and there were kids in school, so they think that they know it all. Uh, so that's one thing. And when you hear about personalized education, and as you say, is it up to the student if she or he wants to work or not? There is a very rigid structure behind the CAD program. Um, how we how a CAD school is operated and the kind of, of organization and leadership that has to be very strong. So it's it's uh, quite structured, but okay. but based on the student. I mean, like we're getting back to we're organizing everything with a student. And and of course, we invite everybody who wants to know more about Kunstkunstkolen education. Find out, yeah, or or give or give Kunstkunstkolen a call either in Stockholm or in anywhere else in the world. Okay. We talked about parents at Tribune a moment. Um, if you if a parent imagine that a parent would come up to you and say, look. Uh, I've heard about this, uh, about personalized education or consulting uh, education more particular. Could you, in a few sentences, tell me what my kid will benefit from the fact that it receives education within a Kunstkapskonen environment? What would you say? And the most important thing, I would say that we train, uh, Cecilia talks about, we train and coach the students in, in planning, setting goals and so on. And that makes them ready for, for life for studies and for work life too. Uh, you get organized. What I always hear is it's a balance between knowledge and skills. Where I see that in a company environment, for instance, people are hired because of the balance that they have and not because of their, their knowledge per se. Do you, do you recognize that? Yeah. And, and uh, many people d describe intelligence uh, in, in the meaning that, okay, you can have knowledge, but it, you aren't intelligent before you use it. You're learning something to use it at the end of the day. And that learning should should be in balance with the, the development in society as well, isn't it, Cecilia? I mean, definitely. I mean, you need profound knowledge. But as Torbjörn says, you need also to know how to apply it because otherwise it's it's for new, no use at all. Seeing uh, kids growing up in within conscripting education is that this education brings them more than the exams asks of them. It does. And we see that in students who have left us and, and they come back and they talk about the way they've learned to deal with life, uh, actually, and, and in planning and taking responsibility. It works in all aspects of life. And they feel that they are ahead. Yeah. The other students. That, that's a feeling you get back from them as well. Yeah. This has been recognized not only in Sweden and in the Netherlands, but it's recognized around the world, by the way. A couple of months ago, a very important study came out from UNESCO, which basically labeled personalized education as a human right. Now, that is a pretty bold statement to make. Could you elaborate a bit on that, on that report? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a bold statement. Uh, but 
also, uh, I think, the right one. And, and it's an interesting report. Uh, more than 300 researchers for, from the 45 different countries looking at what's the future for education. And one of the conclusions is, as you say, that uh, personalized education should be a human right. And they come from the fact that we need all human beings' potential. We need to to take into account uh, every person uh, and their skill and, and skills and ability in order to to deal with all the challenges we have in the world of, of today. So that's where they're coming from, and and I think that resonates very well with the, our approach in in Kunskapsskolan and the CAD program. It, it's like finding every student's. Um, Ability. And this is truly a global affair, uh, Turbine. If you look at, again, with parents or anybody else, it doesn't matter whether you are in Vietnam, you are in, in Sweden or the Netherlands or, or in the UK for that matter. People ask of education, the added value of education, they ask basically the same thing, isn't it? I haven't been to all those countries, no, but uh, yeah, I would say that's true. And I, I would say, if I could add, I, I see it even more in developing countries, perhaps, in, in the, and then in the traditional Western world, uh, because those families realize that for their kids to get ahead, they need to be able to, to master things in the world uh, and, and to be global citizens in a different way. And is that one of the reasons why Kunskapskolan deliberately set up an international network as well? Yes, I, I would say so. Uh, maybe it wasn't in, in the beginning that intention, but we definitely see it uh, now as we are in India, for example, that the families who come to us, that that's what they're looking for. Um, a, a different global outreach and a development of skills in contrast to the rigid exam system and route learning that uh, has been their tradition. Tribune. If we zoom a bit in, in onto uh, the the teacher, what kind of what what does what does it need to become a, a cat program teacher? Are there skills? Is is it a mentality? Is it a way of of looking at things? What is it? What it, what do they need? I think it's all of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because the f- first thing uh, I think uh, is important that is to be genuinely interested in students and their journey or their de- development and their studies. Uh, of course, you have to be a good subject teacher, and you always have to be wherever you work. But but this uh, interest in the students, I think, is very important. And also the interest in working together with your colleagues. You can't do this on your own. You you, you can't be a solo player in Kunskapsskola. That's that's an important thing to yeah. to know, right? Yeah, that doesn't really matter if you're a teacher or a non-teacher. All, all people who works in that very school are included in the, the journey in, in, in a specific direction to, to our vision and our idea. You, you, you talked about a bus where you, to, to, to visualize, so to speak, the role, the changing role of a, of a teacher within, uh, within the Kunstkopfskolen environment. Could you please elaborate on that a bit and tell us about that picture that you, you that want you the had? traffic school story. Yeah, the traffic school story. Uh, okay, I'll try. Uh, th- this is a way of, for me to remind myself of, of the mindset because you're always, um, you have a story as a teacher and as a student, you can easily fall into tradition if you don't be aware of what you're doing all the time. And for me, this is a way of remembering uh, things. 
So uh, if you imagine a, a traffic school car with a driver, a teacher driving the car. Uh, so if I were a teacher driving the car in the beginning of my career as teacher, I put all the students in the back seat. And then I said, okay, kids, now we're leaving. I know where we're going and I will teach you on the way. Uh, I'll choose a good road for us and I choose the right speed so we'll be there in time. If you just sit there and keep quiet, so we, we, we'll solve this. And, uh, and then uh, um, when you do that, you realize after a while that they aren't there, all, the, all of them, in their minds because they don't understand where we're going or some of them has already been there. So what we do then when we change mind, which uh, mindset, that is to take one student at a time, put him in the passenger seat and start with a discussion. Okay, where are we going? What's the goal? What road should we pick? Uh, on what gear should we drive? Stop often or seldom? Speed? And so on. And when that is, is, it is uh, decided, we take off and go. And we keep on doing that. And after a while, I, as a teacher, realized that I think this kid is learning how to drive because we have done this so many times together every week. So now let's switch places. So now I'm in the passenger seat and the student is driving and he knows how to drive because I have taught him. And still I'm sitting there beside him and coaching him and correcting things going wrong or asking questions or pushing or whatever needed, just so we reach the goal in time. And when we're there, uh, I'm confident I can say to students, okay, you're ready to drive. Bye-bye. That's in essence what it's all about. Yeah, to me it is. But it, 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 not only the essence of Kunstkopfskolen education, but the essence of coaching as well, isn't it, uh, Cecilia? Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I love this picture that Torbjörn is uh, painting up. It says... It, you know, it, well, the picture says more than a thousand words. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we realized from the start that what creates quality in a school and quality for a student is teacher-student time. So that's why Kunskapsskolan schools are organized in a way to free up time, but also to support the teacher in his or, or her job as much as possible. So, uh, I mean, a teacher in Kunskapsskolan works in, in various teams. So it's a team effort. Uh, and, and teachers are, as Turbin said, um, they're not solo players. Yeah, not very. And we're here in the Netherlands with uh, with 350 <laughs> cat enthusiasts, um, uh, many of them teacher. If you if you look at from coming from where you come from, uh, Torbjorn, with your experience, if you look at all these young and older, but many young teachers, what is the feeling you get if you look at them and if you talk with uh, talk to them uh, here? I retired uh, four years ago, so I've, I've stepped away from it uh, quite much uh, during those years, and. Um, to me, a day like this is a reminder of how fun this is, yeah. really. Uh, of course, I can get proud, but uh, I'm, I, you have to remember that I, I, for the first thing, we were two who started up this, because I was there too. And quite soon, a lot of people joined. So the building isn't ours, but the bottom, but the platform is ours. Yeah. The building we did together with lots of people. Yeah. And it's still going on. It's ever developing, Cecilia. Uh, uh, it is. And Turbin is being a, a little bit humble here because all the core ideas that 
Torbjörn and Birgitta brought to the table are still there. Um, and we need to adapt to different countries, different exam systems, curriculums, everything. But the core of everything that you came in with, that's still there. And things are being developed, of course, and you tweak and, and uh, change things around. But it's the same same vision, uh, same core things. Uh, if there are schools uh, or teachers or school leaders that listen to this cat talk and think, okay, this might be something for me. Um, is there an advice that you want to give them, a thought that you would like to give to these newly awakened school teachers with regard to the Kunstkapskolen uh, program? What do you think? Well, I think we get uh, lots of, of different requests from all over the world um, by those people. So that would be one advice. Get in touch. Um And then we have different ways of, of working with schools, either schools that want to implement the full program and be part of our inner network. Uh, but then we have lots of schools who are inspired by us. They may introduce parts of our program because it's beneficial to where they are. Um, so I, I would say get in touch. Yes. Give them a call. Yes. Right. Turbium, last word for you. Is there anything you want to say to your colleagues in, uh, all around the world that are really are inspired by the Kunstkapskolen way of thinking? Yeah, I could uh, say one thing that I, I used myself during my, my time in Kunstkapskolen. That was that every, every decision needs to have a question to it. And that question is, how is this beneficial for the students? And if it's not... It's, it's probably a bad decision. I couldn't think of a better note to end this cat talk. Thank you both very, very much. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Happy to be here. That's it for today. On behalf of Cecilia Carneveld and Turbion Bildekans, thanks for listening. And if you want to know more about Kunstkapskolen education and the possibilities within your school, don't hesitate and give either Kunstkapskolen in Stockholm or anywhere else in the world, give them a call and uh, they will be happy to be of assistance. My name is Coach Wolches. Until the next Cat Talk. You have been listening to Cat Talk. Brought to you from Stockholm by Kunstkapskolen Education, working around the globe to personalize each student's education according to their individual needs and abilities using the Kunstkapskolen Education Program. If you don't want to miss any CAT Talk, go to www.kunstkapskolen.com or visit the podcast platforms Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts.